Welcome. You're listening to Strength for the Hour, the radio outreach of Fruit of the Vine Ministries in Louisville, Ohio. We're passionate about strengthening you with deep truths from the Word of God and bringing hope to the world through Jesus Christ. Jesus said, My words are spirit and they are life. So may you experience new life from this message today by John Davison. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you are here today, Father. I thank you, Lord, that you are speaking through your servants, Lord. I thank you, Father, that your Holy Spirit has anointed each follower, each one who's been born again, Lord, with the gift of of understanding your words, the gift of understanding who you are, Lord, simply because you've put your spirit inside of us, Father, and while we were yet sinners, Father, that you sent Jesus to die for us. Lord, I thank you that revelation is being imparted unto your church in these days. And Father, I thank you that you're calling us to your standards, Father, not to the standards that we see around us, not to the the lower level or the lower bars, Father, that some people have put up. Lord, but I thank you that you're calling us to your standard and that not only are you calling us to your standard, Father, that you've equipped us and you've given us all the tools, all the weapons and everything that's needed, Lord, for us to live out the standard, Father, that you've given us in your word and through your spirit, Father, by putting a new heart in us, Father, by giving us your spirit of promise, Lord, the Holy Spirit, the Comforter. And I thank you, Lord, that, that Jesus came to be an example and also to die for us and to be our priest and to be the one who is King of kings and Lord of lords who has all authority over all things. So, Father, would you just allow your Holy Spirit to speak to us today through your word, And Father, I just ask you, in the name of Jesus, Father, that your love would shine through the words that come out of my mouth today, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Ephesians chapter 5 says this in verse 1, Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. And he goes on and he, and, he, and he lists a bunch of things. He says, but among you, brothers and sisters, there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people. So listen, when he starts the book off, right, when he, start, when he starts the book off in Ephesians chapter 1, he makes this statement. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, he says this, to the saints in Ephesus the faithful in Christ Jesus. And he says this, listen, grace and peace, shalom to you from God, our father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to the way he starts off the book first and foremost. Okay. Whenever Paul writes, he writes in all his letters. And whenever he writes, he says this to the saints. Okay. He never starts his book off where he says, listen to the wretched sinners in Ephesus. I write, no, he says, to the saints and he continues with this whole thing into chapter five and he says listen be imitators of god therefore as dearly beloved what children children he says listen you're a child of god remember when jesus was going back and forth with the pharisees and he said to them that you are children of your father the devil right now listen if i understand if you're a born again follower of jesus christ listen god is now your father But there was a time when Satan was your father. 
Okay, the Hebrew word is ha-satan. Okay, it means the adversary. We say Satan, but it just means the adversary. The one who is warring against your soul. The one who wants more than anything to destroy you. He wants everything in him to manifest demonic realms in people who are not born again. And he has every right and every authority to do that. But listen, if you get born again, okay, you become a new creation. Old things pass away. Everything becomes new. God says, listen, now you're my sons and you're my daughters through the spirit, through what Jesus did on the cross, through the blood, not by your own works, but by the blood alone. By what Jesus did on Calvary, it says that you died with him and then you were raised with him. It says you died with him, but it then says you were raised with him. It's amazing that in Ephesians chapter two, it says this, as for you, You were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the rulers of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. So it's very clear that the spirit of Antichrist is working in those who do not believe and who do not follow and who are not born again and who do not love God. It says in verse 3, all of us used to live that way among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following what was going on, the desires and the thoughts that were coming into our mind, right? Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive in Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions and sins. It is by grace, it's God's grace, it's his love, it's his mercy, it's by grace you've been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. In order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. And it says, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own, it is a gift from God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. So he says this, and he says, listen, brothers and sisters, he says, in chapter 5, be imitators of God. Now listen, he's saying, listen, you've been raised with Christ. You were once dead, okay? You were once completely separated from God. You were separated. Why? Because in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and he created it, and it was perfect, right? He put Adam and Eve in the garden. He gave them everything that they needed, but here comes the serpent, and the serpent says, hath God said, You see, God told man, God told Adam and Eve, he says to Adam and Eve, he says, listen, you're created in my image. God, God created Adam and Eve in his image and they had perfect fellowship with him. And it says that the serpent came in and made Eve question her daughtership, right? It says that if you eat of the knowledge of the tree of good and evil, It says, then you're going to be like God. See, here's the thing. They were already like God. See, so the enemy comes in and he tries to steal from us what we already have. Listen to this. Satan comes in. He tries to take away from the new creation what the new creation has by right and authority that the father has given. Therefore, once sin enters the world, 
because of disobedience, we lose our son and daughtership at that point in the garden way back in the book of Genesis. And it says that sin comes in, the curse comes in, and that's got to be dealt with. And it's only dealt with what? By blood. By the sacrificing, by blood. It's only in the Holy of Holies. It's only by the one who goes in once a year, the high priest who went in and atones for those sins. But then in Hebrews, it says that Jesus is a faithful high priest, that Jesus died on the cross for us. It says that Jesus is the one who has gone up to heaven and gone to the Father. Jesus is the one who died for our sins. It says that Jesus died and he was resurrected, the firstborn of the resurrection of the dead. What? That he may bring forth, what? Many sons and daughters unto the Father. So, it says that we died with him when we accepted him. He died for us. Now, we accept that he died for us. We die with him. Old things pass away. Everything becomes new. We become a new creation. That's why you must become born again. So that you can be the creation that God desired you to be. Because he loves you. And he created you for a purpose. God didn't have to create us. He wanted to. God doesn't need us. He wants us. You see, God created us as human beings. Because he wanted someone to show his love to and he wanted us to love him in return by our own free will we're not robots god made us in his image and says listen i'm going to fellowship with you in the cool of the evening if you don't want me that's fine and he allows sin to come into the world because we disobey because we chose to not obey him we chose that we made a different selection than the selection that that we already had which was to be in fellowship with him we felt like that wasn't good enough so we wanted to try something new because for us god wasn't good enough during creation and therefore we go and we try to find God we try to find this feeling that is inside of us that's missing we try to find it in drugs and alcohol and drinking we try to find it in premarital sex we try to find it in cars we try to find it in race cars we try to find it at our work we try to find it at our job we try to find it in another woman we try to find it outside of the covenant of marriage we try to find it with other people who are supposed to be the ones that we're leading to Christ and instead they're leading us away from him just like the serpent did. And that's why the Apostle Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 5. He says, listen, listen, listen. Be imitators of God, therefore, as what? As dearly loved children. You are children of your father. A child is to obey and listen and submit to the father because the father knows what's best for the child. The father is the one who knows what's best for the child. Listen, God knows what's best for you. God knows, God, God knows everything about you. He knows the hairs, the number of the hairs on your head. Listen, listen to what it says in Hebrews chapter 12, okay? Hebrews chapter 12, it says this in verse 4. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your own blood. What is he saying here? He's saying, listen, God is telling you, listen, you haven't even, you haven't even given it your all yet. There's so much more for you. And he says, listen, you and you in verse five, and you have forgotten that word of encouragement that addresses you as what sons and daughters. He says, listen, my son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you, when he corrects you, because the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes everyone he accepts as a son or a daughter endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as sons and daughters for what son is not disciplined by his own father. He says, and if you are not disciplined, if you're not disciplined, if you're not being disciplined, if you're not being trained by the father, it says this, if you're not disciplined, it says, then you are illegitimate children. 
and not true sons or daughters. Think about that for a minute. If you're not going through some type of discipline or correction from the Father, it's time for you to stop and think about, are you living in the obedience of the Father? Are you living in fellowship with the Father? When you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, did you just accept Him as Savior and leave Lord at the door? Because Lord means that He's Master. Lord means He's the one that has control and authority over everything. So listen to Colossians chapter 3 and verse 1. It says this, Since then... You have been raised with Christ. Set your heart on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earth below. For what? You died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. What did he say? You died. Your life is now hidden in Christ. Where's life? Life is only in Christ. Life is only in Jesus. But if you're not living in Jesus, in other words, you might be saved. You may have accepted him, but are you living in him? Jesus said, I am in the father and the father is in me. And you're going to be in me like I'm in the father. Are you in him? Are you in the father? In other words, are you living in an intimate relationship with your father in heaven? Okay. What good is it to have a father who's never around? But God is not a father that's never around. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. So what good is it to be a child that goes into their room and locks themselves and never comes and sits down at the dinner table and sups with their father? What good is it to be a child who runs around all night long and doesn't come home till two o'clock in the morning when everybody's sleeping? Never says two words to you, but gets up in the door and goes to school in the morning and never says anything, but where's my breakfast? And see, sometimes we as followers of Christ, we come to our father that way. We run about our lives. We run around our business. We do all these things. And God is saying, listen, listen, what are you doing? I don't even know. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know where you're at. I, you, you don't fellowship with me. You don't talk to me. You don't come before me. The only time you come to me is when you want to know where breakfast is. And Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. But we're seeking everything else before we're seeking the kingdom and his righteousness. And therefore, we're not seeing the things that we want added unto us. And therefore, we think that God is not good. You got your theology a little twisted. And see, God says, listen, you died. You died. And life is now hidden in Christ. Come to me, all ye who are weary and burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Put my yoke upon you and learn from me, for what I am gentle and humble at heart. But Jesus also said, blessed are the poor in spirit. See, when we think we've got it all figured out and when we think that we're good enough and when we think that we've got Jesus in our little pocket and we walk around with the badge of Christianity on our shirts... And yet we don't experience the promises and the blessings of God. We start to question whether or not Christianity is actually a real thing. And then some fall away. Why? Because the love of money. The love of money. The love of, of, of life. Rather than the love of the fact that Jesus died for us and we are now hidden in him. And that we die to ourselves. And Paul tells us in, in the book of Romans chapter 12 that we're a living sacrifice. He says in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 5. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must rid yourself of all such things as these. Rid yourself of all such things as these. What's he say? Anger, rage, malice, slander. And filthy language from your lips. Don't lie to each other. 
boy, do we have a problem with that in the body. Don't lie to each other. When somebody comes up to you and says, how you doing? And you say, you know, I'm just going great. You know, I'm just so blessed. And meanwhile, you're going through this horrible divorce and you're actually hurting and you're in pain. A brother or sister comes up to you and they want to speak to you. They want to speak the word of life to you. They want to impart love to you. They want to pray for you. They want to be there to encourage you. But you come to them and you tell them that everything's going just fine. That's lying. You see, when we can humble ourselves before the cross, when we can humble ourselves before our king, and when we can start loving one another the way that we're supposed to love each other and we're supposed to embrace each other and we're supposed to pray for each other and stop lying to each other about the situations that we're going through because God is saying, listen, I want you guys to encourage one another, even more so as you see the day approaching. But if you're living a life that is a lie and if you're living a life in fantasy land instead of in the gospel of Jesus Christ and by the power of the Holy Spirit and in Christ, which is where your life can be found, but you're living in death and you're going through trials and nobody knows about it, but only God and you don't even come to him because you're so busy with work and everything else, then you're going through something that is 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 totally, totally, totally on your own and in your own power. And that in and of itself is slander to the name of Jesus. Because Jesus died to have a relationship with you and bring you back to the Father. It says, Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices. In other words, you used to do that, don't do it anymore. And have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge. In the image of its creator, listen to what it says in verse 10, And putting on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. What's he saying? He starts this whole thing off. We started off in Ephesians chapter 5, and it says to, to be imitators of God. We come to Colossians chapter 3 and, and verse 10, and it says, and, and you're being made into the image of the creator. Wow. It keeps coming back to your identity, folks. It keeps coming back to your identity, brothers and sisters. It keeps coming back to who Jesus says that you are and not who you think you are, but who he says you are. But how do we do all of this? You say, all of this stuff sounds great. And this sounds so wonderful. And everything you're telling me, yeah, I understand. I identify. That's great. What do I do now? What do I do now? Brothers and sisters, God didn't leave us as orphans. You see, the father wants to have an intimate, 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 loving relationship with you. And he does this in many ways, and he has spoken in many times, and he still speaks to us today, not only through his word, but through his spirit. The spirit cries out, Abba, Father. The spirit, the Holy Spirit cries out to God the Father and says, I love you. I love you. Listen to what Jesus said in John chapter 16. He said, I have much more to say to you. More than you can now bear, but when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you, and that what belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the spirit will take from what is mine and will make it known to you. In a little while you will see me no more, and then after a little while you will see me. What's he talking about? He's talking about the Holy Spirit. Brothers and sisters, if you are not living in a full-on relationship with the Holy Spirit and submitting your life to the guidance of the Holy Spirit living inside of you, 
Scripture tells us that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? It means that your body, what did Jesus say? What did they say? He said, destroy this temple and I'll raise it again in three days. And then scripture says what? But the temple he was talking about was what? His body. He was talking about his body, the temple. See, the New Testament tells us that that, that our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives in us, but the Holy Spirit wants to rest upon us. In other words, when you get born again, you receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes in you, which cries out, Abba, Father. He cries out, Abba, Father. Yes, but here's the thing. The Holy Spirit also wants to rest upon you. Okay, you can be in a marriage and you could be in a covenant. Okay, you can say, I love my wife or you could be you could be a a wife who says, I love my husband. We're married. We both got our wedding rings on. We both agree with each other. We both love each other. But you two could live in a separate room your entire life and never have the intimacy that was designed inside of a marital covenant. And see, so you can live in the covenant. You can be in the house together, but you could not you may not be together in intimacy, fellowship, fellowshipping with one another and resting in each other's presences. And that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. When you come to Christ, you enter into a covenant with him. And when you enter into that covenant with Christ, it specifically talks about that the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of you. You're the temple of the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit also wants to rest in you and upon you. He wants to rest upon you. Okay, think of the Holy Spirit. He came as a dove, okay? He came in the form of a dove. Let's say you have a dove sitting on your shoulder. Think of this. Picture this in your mind. Think you have a dove on your shoulder, and you don't want it to fly away. How are you going to walk? How are you going to walk in life? You're going to walk very, very carefully. You're going to watch where you're going. You're going to look at the hazards in front of you, and you're going to walk not to scare off the dove. What we don't want to do, brothers and sisters, is lead a life that's going to scare the dove. We don't want to scare the Holy Spirit. We don't want to, not that the Holy Spirit can be feared. The Holy, not that the Holy Spirit himself can, can live in fear, I should say. It's not that the Holy Spirit can live in fear because perfect love drives out fear. But the Holy Spirit is peace and he rests where there's peace. Think about when Noah sent out the dove it says that the dove was looking for what? A place to rest. He was looking for a place to rest. God wants to rest on you today. The Holy Spirit wants to rest in you and upon you today. And it is by the Holy Spirit that we live the way the Father has called us to live. The Holy Spirit has many names. And I'm just asking you to call out to Him. The Holy Spirit has many names. Just a couple that I want to share with you today. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth, according to John chapter 14, verse 17. He's a spirit of faith, according to 2 Corinthians 4.13. He's a spirit of grace, according to Hebrews 10.29. He's a spirit of holiness, according to Romans 1.4 and John 14.15 and 16. And he's the spirit of glory, according to 1 Peter 4.14. He's a spirit of power. He's the power that raised Christ from the dead. You can live in a life of victory by the power of the Holy Spirit. And you can live into these things. If you'll press into the Father and you will be the son and daughter that he calls you to be, would you just call out to him now? Listen, I just want to take a moment and I just want to pray with you. Would you just pray with me to invite Abba Father to be with you? Would you just 
ask the Lord right now for a renewed relationship? Would you ask the Holy Spirit to not just live in you, but rest upon you and give you the peace that you need, especially while you're going through the trials and the things that you're going through right now in your life? Father God, we thank you, Lord, that you're a loving Father. We thank you that you see the situations that we're in right now. Father, we repent of the things that we have allowed to get in front of us, Lord, and we've allowed the the world to infect us and we've allowed the world to guide us and tell us what we should and shouldn't think when the Holy Spirit is the one who's supposed to have that throne in our life. Father, I just ask you right now in the name of Jesus that the Holy Spirit would come and rest upon me, that I would find the peace that passes all understanding from this day forward, that your Holy Spirit, Lord, would not just be in me, but be upon me in a way that I've never experienced before, and that I can walk supernaturally in this world, and though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, because perfect love casts out fear, Father, and you are perfect love. Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross for me. I thank you for dying for my sins. And I just repent of my sins right now, Lord. I just repent of the things that I have done that have blasphemed your name among people around me. I, Father, I just ask you to forgive me right now for, with your grace and your mercy, Father, for not living the way that you call me to live. Father, I thank you that it's not legalism. I thank you that it's love. I thank you that your love is so great that you call me to live in holiness and you empower me to do so by your Holy Spirit. And I want to, Father, I want to live a life of victory for your namesake and for your glory, Lord. Father, I praise you and I thank you for doing this today in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this broadcast of Strength for the Hour. Our hope is that you have received rest, revelation, edification, sanctification, and truth. To learn more about this ministry and to be further strengthened in your faith, you can visit us at our website, www.fruitofthevine.wix.com forward slash fruit of the vine. There you'll find a link to our Facebook and YouTube. If you'd like to send us a letter, please write to Fruit of the Vine Ministries, P.O. Box 222, Louisville, Ohio, 44641. And for a final word of encouragement, here again is John Davison. Thanks, Alex. You know, God anointed the New Testament writers, and the Holy Spirit spoke through them, and says this in the book of Hebrews, chapter 4 and verse 12. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of the soul and the spirit the joints and the marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. And Jesus says this in the book of Revelation, chapter 3 and verse 8. He says, listen, I know your deeds. See, I place before you an open door that no one can shut. I know that you have little strength, yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. Well, praise God, brothers and sisters, that the word of God was able to penetrate into our hearts today and that the Lord gave us strength through his message as he spoke the word through his word by his Holy Spirit to you where you're at in your home and in your atmosphere. So I just thank you so much for taking your time and listening to the word of God with us today. We hope that you've been blessed, encouraged, and strengthened by the word of God. So thank you so much. God bless you and keep you in his perfect peace. In Jesus' mighty name, shalom.